Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals you. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello and welcome to the Five Yard Dynasty podcast. Hope you're all doing well. Uh, We had another London game, Liam. Unfortunately, I I didn't manage to make this one. I'm I'm kind of turned into a a Jets-only trip to the London games now. What, What about yourself? Did you make it up? Unfortunately, it didn't. Sounds like this one was a was a much better game than the the one that we managed to get to. Oh, oh, that's that's a bit harsh. I quite like the game. At least our game, we got to sort of see uh, Pitts' first touchdown, so I'm quite happy with that. But from my <laughs> from what I heard um, and what I saw, the game was a bit more tense than the Jets Falcons game. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can unfortunately have to admit that you're right there. It's uh, any game that's got a last, last second field goal um, certainly is a, is always going to be one that the, uh, you know, the neutral is going to enjoy more, I guess. Um, but before we dive into everything, I'm keen to remind you that support for the Five Yard Dicey podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below the waist grooming. Uh, we still have. A very exclusive offer for you. Um, you can get 20% off and free world shipping, free worldwide shipping, even using the code five yard. Um, 
it's it's a fantastic product. We've talked about it now for a couple of months. Um, I absolutely love mine. Use it very regularly. It is uh, an impressive piece of kit, and uh, it certainly gets the job done. Maybe we should uh, re rebrand it under Ronsil, and uh, <laughs> it, it does exactly what it says on the box. Um, but yeah, I mean, Liam, let's 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 not let you know. Got to give the people what they want. The cocktail of the week. I'm sure it's the only reason a lot of people tune in. Um, <laughs> where, where, are we, where are we going today? Um, so today I don't actually have it. So it's a it's a, a cream cocktail that, and I'm not a, not a big fan of cream at all. So it's a white Russian so that's just vodka, Kahlua, and cream. Um, I've heard it's really nice. Go and make it yourself, and I'm happy to get some responses back, see whether it is actually nice or not. But I'm not a fan of creams, so I've never tried it. I've had, I'm sure I've had white Russians before and they've never been that fancy. I'm sure I've just had vodka and milk. <laughs> I, think, I don't know if that's like the poor man's white Russian of, of just vodka and milk. And Maybe that's uh, what they, they can afford in a nightclub, Rich. I'm, I'm definitely, I'll tell you now, I definitely wasn't <laughs> drinking white Russians in nightclubs, that's for sure. There is, there is no way I'm spending money on any sort of cocktail in the club. Um, <laughs> and, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a pretty interesting week this week, wasn't it? I, I don't know about you, Liam. I, I had my, I think it was my greatest fantasy weekend ever. Um, I, I, sure. I basically won. Well, look, you've got to enjoy the victories when they happen. So yeah, I, I basically won pretty much everywhere, to be honest. It was delightful. Um, I think any week in which Deontay Johnson, CD Lamb, um, you know, Dak Prescott all have pretty good performances, I'm generally going to do quite well but yeah i was i was very pleased what about yourself uh, i i didn't do very well in my dynasty <laughs> leagues um i'm still doing pretty well in all of my redraft leagues i think apart from one i'm not doing very well in but the rest i'm at least 500 or winning records um but yeah dynasty i'm not doing too well so I don't know why you're if listening only, to me. Listeners. I was going to say, if only you did a Dynasty podcast or something. But uh, yeah, my, my biggest brag is that I'm, I've, I've dropped slightly, but I'm still 21st in the Scott Fishbowl, which, uh, yeah, very very pleased with at the moment. As, as I said to somebody earlier, it's, it's better to be lucky than good because, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I'm uh, I'm good enough to be top 21 <laughs> in Scott Fishbowl at the moment, that's for sure. You're not doing yourself uh, justice there, mate. Well, it's yeah, you know, you, it, as much as we sit here and talk about fantasy, it is what is it? I, I said, I say it's twenty percent luck, eighty percent skill in in the regular season, and then playoffs is uh, yeah, eighty percent luck and twenty percent skill. There's definitely a big element of luck in all of Absolutely. fantasy in general. Absolutely, you know, if if it wasn't, it would be you know, make our jobs nice and mute because otherwise everyone would just be like, right. This this person's going to score more points than this person. Job done. Let's all go home. You know, exactly. make, make no hot takes. It's, well, exactly that. Exactly that. Um, but also, we talked about Manscaped. We have got another very exclusive, very interesting sponsor. Um, so, Five Year Brush, we are delighted to be teaming up with Fanting. Um, so, we have got an exclusive contest for Sunday, the seventeenth of October. Uh, which will include the say the 6 p.m., the 9 p.m., the 9.05 and the 9.25 fixtures um, for the Sunday Red Zone Cash Contest. Uh, this means that the contest starts at 6 p.m. and will end once the 9.25 game is finished around sort of 12, 1 o'clock UK time. Um, it is free to enter. 
and there will be a cash prize to the winner. Um, if you tune into the DFS pod uh, or the DFS live show on Thursday, you'll be able to get the password to enter. Uh, so normally the DF guys follow us on this on this channel, but they're going to be coming up on Thursday uh, because that is when the uh, the contest goes live uh, and you'll be able to listen in, get that password. Uh, it's, it's free to enter um, and you can win some money. So absolutely go ahead and do that. Um, it should be fantastic. Um, Liam, the highest scorers of the week. We talked about it earlier. There was a, a few of my... My favourite guys in there, who who led the way? So, yeah, we'll start off with a quarter pound position, as usual. Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott. I had Dak in a couple of spots this week. I think the biggest name out of those three would be Kirk Cousins. Um, just everyone sees him as a middling quarterback to high-end quarterback too. I don't think anyone really expected a quarterback um, to overall week. Um, out of him at the running yeah definitely so at the running back position we had Derek Henry go off on um, Monday night football you had Leonard Fournette and Jonathan Taylor oh yeah I'd look Derek Henry is an absolute obscene human being it is absolutely mental that he can just keep doing this i heard a fantastic stat today on the uh, pff podcast which if you're not listening you should because it's fantastic um they, they said that derrick henry so far if you just took his yards after contact so far this season he'd have more he's got more yards after contact than any other running back has total rushing yards which is which is just mind boggling to to think that you know a guy can essentially have more yards after contact than anyone else has pre contact post contact altogether. It just shows how how insane he is. Um, I also wanted to quickly touch on uh, on Leonard Fournette because you know he's he's kind of putting together a really sneaky fantastic season. Um, we've seen Ronald Jones essentially be be put on the curb since since week one. We had that fumble and and he sort of not really got a chance back. There was. Gio Bernard was, was brought in to be the pass catching back and he had, I think he had one week where he had sort of 11 targets, didn't he? And he's, he's not really done much since then. Is, is Leonard Fournette, is he like a sneaky ad at the moment? I don't know where people are at in terms of value on him, but he's kind of a, a really solid RB2 that you might not have to pay up for at the moment. I mean, I'm going to go and do some digging certainly over the next couple of days because I think that Look, that offense is going to score points, and I want a piece of it. And if I can get Leonard Fournette on the cheap, absolutely do it. Do you, do you think that maybe maybe he's sort of a sneaky cheap buy at the moment? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we we've got the uh, trade deadline coming up for the NFL in two weeks' time, as of today. Um, so that's Tuesday. So I believe it's the second of November, if I've got the date right. Um, but it definitely is two weeks today as of recording. So we could see Ronald Jones traded away. They, We know that it, the usage isn't there for him right now. They've got Gio Bernard. They've got Vaughan if they really need to back him up. I don't think they need that three-headed monster that everyone was predicting because Fournette's just doing so well, isn't it? And he's catching the ball. That's the biggest thing for him. That's where yeah. a lot of the production is coming from. I don't think he's terribly different or, or much different to what he was last year on the ground, but he's catching the ball and he's being really efficient with it. So that's where the, the hike in points is coming from. 
Um, and I just wanted to touch on Derrick Henry as well. The dude has 780 yards already in the season. What? It's just mind what? Isn't it? I just had a look to see his carries and then noticed that he has nearly 800 yards through six weeks. Yeah. He's on, on pace for two 2,400 yards he, from scrimmage. Yeah. He, he's already on 160 crazy. carries. 160. Yeah. I was looking at some some breakdown of kind of rushing volume versus receiving volume for backs today. And it's basically this nice little collection of guys in the middle there's DeAndre Swift, Austin Eckler, and Najee Harris, who are getting far more passing usage than rushing usage. And then there's Derek Henry, basically off the scale, who's just getting you know, <laughs> almost double like the the usage. I think he's like sixty carries ahead of the next guy in terms of rushing volume. It's it's just mind blowing how he is you know, absolutely huge. We talked about you know Larry Johnson and and that sort of fabled 400 touch mark and if, if every running back has hits that has, has fallen off a cliff and Derrick Henry just seems to be like nah, I'm, I'm just going to keep going I'm, you know you can keep giving me an obscene amount of carries and I'm just going to keep smashing people around it's 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 incredible I, I do think you know I talked about him in my buy sales on Friday I, I do think that we're now at that point where for the last two years people have talked about Derrick Henry as oh you've got to sell Derrick Henry you've got to sell Derrick Henry He's he's a must sell because of the usage and he's going to fall off a cliff. And I think that people are now coming round to that way of thinking that Derek Henry's never going to go. So I do think that if you can get probably top three running back value, if you can get, you know, that fabled three, four firsts, if you can get an absolute haul for him, now's the time to do it. One of my favourite moves, if I can get Derek Henry for DeAndre Swift plus, that's a move I'm doing a hundred times out of hundred. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that. I think, the best way to put it for Henry is he's the Tom Brady for the running back position. Everyone's yeah. called Tom Brady to fall off a cliff for five plus years now, and he's still not going anywhere. So, um, moving on to the wide receiver position, so we've got look at Rich already smiling before I've even said anything. <laughs> Rich's boy at CD Lamb at wide receiver one on the week and then we've also got Cooper Cup and Adam Thielen backing him up but Rich I know you want to talk about CD. What's, what, what, what's not to talk about? The guy's absolutely <laughs> great isn't he? He's <clears throat> you know he's incredible you know we he's in a fantastic offense we've talked about that, you know, everything's there. This breakout has been coming. Um, he, he, I just think there's nothing to love. It's it's quite funny, actually. He's had this massive breakout and I've had probably four or five people inquire about buying him after the weekend. It's like, what, what are you doing if you're trying to buy him now? Um, but yeah, I think the price is sky high, isn't it? He's my dynasty wide receiver four. Um, and to be honest, if, I, if I'm not a contender this year, he, he probably one or two. I think it's him or Justin Jefferson for that top spot outside of your Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams. I think, every, you know, what is there not to love? He's young. He's got incredible production profile coming out. He's got the draft capital. He's in a fantastic spot. You know, he was the top wide receiver 10 before that got injured last year. He's absolutely producing so far this year. I think the sky's the limit in terms of CD Lamb. You can't, you know, you, you can't buy buy him high enough if I'm being honest I think we touched on it in the off season where we both had a 1A and 1B tier of contending one 
uh, tier one, which would be someone like Tyreek and Devontae Adams. And then uh, tier 1B, which would be the non-contending, which is like a Justin Jefferson and C.D. Lamb, as you said. And I think that's where I am right now. And I'm interchangeable with Jefferson and Lamb. I, I don't know which one to put first, but if I've got either of them, I'm very happy in my dynasty leagues. And and I might be, be getting a little bit hot takey, but Jamal Chase is in that tier for me as well. That's that's becoming a tier of three. And I think that C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Jamal Chase, those are... Those are the three guys that if I've got on my roster, I'm I'm very excited for the next three to five years. I think with Jamar Chase, I've got to see a little bit more to put him into the top three. What I don't want to do is see what the community did with DK Metcalf last year and AJ Brown last year. Um, but still, they're still there. Chase, they're still, they're oh, I'm not there. saying that they're not there. I'm just saying they're not the wide receiver one, as everyone was saying. Um, so I want to see a bit more out of Chase, but honestly, I, I'm absolutely loving Chase, and I think I'm only a couple of weeks behind you right now. <laughs> um, so at the tight end position, we have Noah Fant putting up a pretty good week, to be honest. Um, and then Mike Gesicki and Travis Kelsey backs up the top three. Travis Kelsey not dropping out of that top three yet. It's just, you know, death taxes and Travis Kelsey producing points. It, I, I, I have to say, as a guy that owns a lot of Travis Kelsey, I'm, I've been a little bit disappointed with his performance so far this year. I think look, he's the tight end one. It's hard not to be impressed by him. But he's not quite kind of so far ahead of everybody else at the moment. And I do think that, you know, I talked about it on the DFS pod with Mark last week. I really do think that this Chiefs offense is due to kind of go on a bit of a bit of a run and just tear people apart. And I think that Travis Kelsey is going to be a big part of that. I'm, I'm very excited about him for the rest of the season. Um, and yeah, if I'm a contender and I'm uncertain about my tight end spot, I'm definitely willing to overpay to go and get Kelsey. Um, but the guy I w- I'm really keen to talk about is Mike Kosicki. Um, he's, he's kind of been one of these guys that I've had a bit of a blind spot for over the past couple of years because I just you know you see that incredible athleticism he's basically a 99th percentile athlete in pretty much every way you look at it he is a complete athletic three this is a guy that's run over the last couple of years 80 percent of his routes out of the slot he he's basically not a tight end you're kind of cheating by calling him a tight end because he basically runs out the slot constantly so for me I've really been excited and I, and I do think that we are now seeing a true breakout from Mike Siki. We've seen it now for a few weeks. I think that that offence, you know, you, you saw on Sunday against the Jags, when he gets targeted, good things happen. You know, I, I, I fully expect, yes, we've got, you know, a, a crowded receiver call, although they all seem to be injured at the moment. But I do think that if Mike Siki can sit around that 15 to 20% target share, I do think he could end up being in that, you know, he's never never going to break into that top three, but if he could end up in that sort of tier two alongside a Noah Fan, a TJ Hawkinson or, you know, someone like that, I'm, I'm very excited. And I think this is a guy that you can go out and buy pretty cheap, to be honest. I think, are we talking maybe, maybe get him for a second? I don't know if, you know, the owners probably want to sell him a bit higher after last week, but... I do think that some people will be thinking, right, now's the opportunity to try and sell on Kaziki. And if I can get him for a second, I'm, I'm really happy paying that. I'm 
not a fan of tight the tight ends outside of Kelsey and Waller at the moment. Um, but I, d- I do get your point. Like, I've got Fant in a couple of leagues from last year where, or the year before, where I um, quite liked taking a tight end like Hawkinson or Fant uh, in rookie drafts. But since then, I've just kind of completely faded the, the tight end position. Um, I just think but that... I, I do get I do get the the want and potentially the even the need to go and get Gasicki. I just don't think that if I'm paying a second, I want to go and get a wide receiver rather than a, a tight end. Yeah, I, I just think that I reckon he's a guy that you can buy on the cheap that is gonna get I think he's really breaking out. And you know, we've we've talked about Kelsey, Waller, Kittle, you know, you've got your sexier up and coming names, your Hawkinson, your fan, your Pitts, you can throw Mark Andrews in there. Those have all got name value. Nobody's really paying attention to Mike Kazicki. Nobody really loves Mike Kazicki, and nobody wants parts of that Dolphins offense. But the guy's producing, and I just think that he could potentially be a buy high for want of a better phrase, because you're not really having to buy high, but people feel like they're selling him high, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, I think that whenever, whenever people sort of start to point at, at a player and say, sell high, sell high, that's actually sometimes quite a good place to buy, because when somebody comes to consensus sell, normally the price is so cheap that you can almost buy them, if that makes sense. Yeah, you, you're, um, you spoke about it last week, basically going against the grains digging when everyone's zagging. Um, but enough of the high scorers, let's move on to the significant news. So not as much as previous weeks, but some pretty big news. So Christian McCaffrey went on to IR just before the games last week, or at least the Sunday games last week. And um, that is looking like he's re-aggravated his hamstring. Um, so that's, again, three weeks um, or three games, should I say, out. I don't know what that means for him long term, but I can see his value significantly dropping now. And there's going to be question marks about who's going to be the the first overall picking quarterback um, one or one quarterback leagues. I think it's really it's a brutal injury because it felt like you know we talked about Edwin's kind of. Um, prognosis that it's you know a third comeback after a week, a third after a week, and then a third of, of kind of two weeks plus. Um, and it felt to me in the week like CMC was kind of shaping up to return. You know, he started practicing, so I don't know if there's been an aggravation or kind of a re injury or what. But the fact that he's now gone on IR and he's off for three games is, is absolutely brutal. Um, as a guy that traded for him in two dynasty leagues. Um, trying to get an injury discount as a complete contender. I'm now uh, yeah, scratching around, trying to trying to make do until he is back. I, I still think that he holds that RB1 value. I don't think his value has dropped much. Um, I think that in order for his value to drop, he needs to come back and not produce at that you know, 25 point a game value that we've seen. I think, and even if this is him done for the year. I still think that weeks, unless you know a Jonathan Taylor or a DeAndre Swift go on an absolute tear, I still think that, that Christian McCaffrey will be that RB one come come the off season. I just don't think that 
he he yes he's the he's the running back one i i'm not saying he isn't but i think the gap between him and the rest of the group was so big at the beginning of the season but now i don't think there's that much of a gap and there may be question marks of how much do we pay between say uh deandre swift uh barkley if he's still got that top end value uh jonathan taylor for example yeah no to, point in the last what's the difference months? there at no point in the last 18 months has there even been a conversation about the RB1, whereas the fact we're now at least chatting about it shows exactly. how much value has dropped, doesn't it? Yeah, I do agree with you. Um, moving on, so but sticking with the running back position, unfortunately, so both Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt have got calf injuries from what I can see. Chubb is confirmed out for week seven. Kareem Hunt, however, has been put onto IR. So that, again, is three games. I don't believe they have a bye. I think their bye is week 13. So it will be three weeks. But Kareem Hunt out um, for three weeks. And then Chubb is looking like he's out at least for this week. Dearness Johnson may be your replacement there. <laughs> all, all I would say is caution people is remember what Dearness Johnson did last year when we were in the exact same situation. He did absolutely nothing. Yes, um, definitely. It makes sense. It makes sense for Nick Chubb, doesn't it? They're going to, you know, they're playing Thursday night. They're going to get a 10 day break after this game. Why rush him back and risk that re injury? Sit him out this week and hopefully he can be right for, for week eight. I'll be honest, if this, we're still waiting news whether Baker Mayfield's going to play on Thursday. He's apparently going for a, a second MRI to check out his shoulder and he's questionable to play. If, if Baker Mayfield's out, if Kareem Hunt's out, if Nick Chubb's out, I'm not sure I want any part of this Browns offence because it could be an absolute car crash. Well, what Browns offence is there? I mean, Odell Beckham's also banged up, so exactly. who, who so is going to be catching the ball or throwing the ball there, running the ball well, or whatever? <laughs> And and they're not you know they're playing a solid Broncos defense. So yeah, if if you are hoping that Dearness Johnson, you know, you're going to go and blow your fab on him to try and help you this week, I think I just you know caution against that. I think for me, if if I can go and get somebody in this offense, and you probably can't because he's probably already rostered, um, and so you can't go and pick him up off waivers, and you're probably not going to be able to go and buy him at the moment. He's metric felted. Um, I think he's you know electric with the ball in his hands. We've seen him run routes as a receiver. We're now seeing him this week start running some routes out the backfield. Um, I am really intrigued about him moving forward. Um, we saw so him yeah. catch that touchdown and he looked really good in space in that in that touchdown. I think it was week two, maybe. But yeah, he, he looked amazing when he had the ball. And that was the one thing that I saw on his tape was even though he wasn't the best runner coming out, he still, once he got the ball, you could feel that he could make anyone miss. Yeah, he, he was a guy that I was using those, you know, last round rookie picks on yeah. and trying to stash him where I could because coming out of UCLA, you've seen, you know, anyone that's has three years as a receiver and then transitions to running back, I kind of think, oh, this this guy could be a, you know, a James White or a JD McKissick or someone like that. And I really think he's got that potential. I don't think he's ever going to be more than that. But I was sort of penciling maybe Nick Chubb might, might not get re-signed and we could see Kareem Hunt and... Demetric Felton as, as kind of the Browns backfield. Obviously, Nick Chubb since signed that long-term contract, so maybe that's uh, not looking so great now. But I, I am very much intrigued about Felton, certainly this week. Well, all you need to do is sell him for more than you've got him for um, with potentially usage this week. You, you might 
see a desperate contender go go get him for a second off you. And exactly. that that's probably a bit of a bit of a hopeful take, but you, you all you need is some desperate owner to come and try and get uh, what they consider a cheap back uh, to fill in for someone like a Christy McCaffrey or a Barkley who has gone out and I've I've got a roster with both of them on. Luckily I've got some backups that are doing pretty well as well. But all you need is a desperate contender and then who knows what they pay up for. If anyone wants Felton for a second, please come and knock on my door. (laughs) So moving on, we've also got Kadarius Tony. Um he's got an ankle injury, so he looks to be out for one to four weeks. That Giants offense is getting banged up every week. It's it's the curse of the Giants receiver, isn't it? You just don't want to be a Giants receiver because you're going to get injured. I'm presuming Dante Pettis and uh, Sterling Shepard will be out injured next week. <laughs> Maybe that leaves it all up for uh, Colin Johnson, the deep dive from a few weeks ago. Absolutely. Maybe. Maybe. So T.Y. Hilton as well uh, with a quad injury. He came back, he did pretty well and then left the game. Uh, didn't re- didn't return, and then it, now he's looking to be out two to four weeks. Rich, this yeah, this one hurt because it felt like you know he was he looked good, right? He's he's back to being fantasy relevant. It looked like he was you know going to make Carson Wentz fantasy relevant again. It felt like that whole offense took a big step forward once you had Ty Hilton healthy, um, and then obviously he's now injured. It's you know soft soft tissue injuries when you're a fast speed receiver are always scary and especially when you get to this point in your career. So I, I hate to say it, but could this uh, could this be the kind of the beginning of the end for T.Y. Hilton if we're going to start to see niggly injuries start hanging around for, for the next year or two? And then the last bit of injury news that I've got is Latavius Murray out for, again, two to four weeks with an ankle injury. Uh, the only reason I really included this one, although he's not been fantasy relevant, is it might see the window open for more usage for uh, Tyson Williams, who we haven't seen much of over the past couple of weeks, um, or we could even see um, Devonta Freeman get a lot more usage. And again, none of these backs have really been in your lineups unless you're desperate. But we might see that more more usage and to try not to aggravate Rich a little bit, but they might become those volume based running back twos. Look, I, the reason I hate volume-based running back twos is the price you have to pay. And I don't think any of these guys are having to pay that price. I'm glad – I thought you were going to say Lev Bell then. I'm glad you didn't because he looks completely washed to me. Um, I'll be honest, I want no part of Freeman. I want no part of Lev Bell. Um, it's weird because this is normally a backfield you want every part of, isn't it? You, whoever's the running back you, you think they're going to produce. But look, if, if I can get Tyson Williams cheap, I'm not willing to pay really anything more than probably a third for him. But I do, I'm really intrigued by him. I really liked him when he was playing. I thought he looked explosive. I thought he looked like, you know, he he could produce. You look at the kind of advanced statistics, you know, his breakaway percentage is great. His yards after contact is great. You know, I I do think there's something there. I, I can't get my head around why the Ravens aren't giving him more workload when you've basically got three corpses in the backfield to share him with. I I do wonder if it's more of the kind of the non-fantasy side. You know, we saw him basically not be able to block anyone in pass pro and, and you know, miss a few assignments on that side of things. But I think if if Latavius Murray is down, 
I'm kind of hopeful that Tyson Williams might might get a bit of a chance. I think I'm just hoping for that at this point. Um, he, he did look pretty good, but we'll have to see how that goes because, as you said, it might just be the, the non-fantasy relevant part of football that lets him down. And we, we all know that teams don't really care about fantasy football and our feelings when, when we're trying to play when they're trying to win a Super Bowl. So uh, the last bit of significant news I wanted to bring up was the trade deadline is in two weeks' time. I know I hinted at this earlier. Um, it is on the 2nd of November, so that's two weeks as of recording on Tuesday. So the only reason I really wanted to bring this up is we could see some veteran running back trades, and that might, might be a little bit hopeful, but we could see someone like a Marlon Mack get traded because I know that the Colts have already said that they want to trade him but whether we see anything with these running back injuries I don't know I think it is a bit too wishful right now but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick my flag in the sand and say look there is going to be nothing fantasy relevant trades happening from here to the to the trade deadline you can, you can mark that down now. I'm I'm very confident. Look, if wherever Marlon Mack goes, people will get excited. People will go, you know, if he ends up at the Chiefs, people are like, oh, he's going to be great at the Chiefs. Look, I don't think he's going to be fantasy relevant. I think he's he'll be a nice, you know, third back. I think he'll be a nice compliment to fill out a backfield for a playoff run. I don't think he's ever going to be a fantasy producer. Um, and I don't really see anybody else that, uh, that could be a big mover that's going to be anything massive for fantasy. But that's precisely why I wanted to put this on the list is, yes, you might not get the fancy production from any of these trades, but I have a feeling that if something does happen, for example, with Marlon Mack, you might see a bit of a price decrease with whoever the running back one or maybe two is there, and you might be able to snag them for a little bit cheaper. Again, probably a little bit hopeful, probably never going to happen, but... I, I'm more I think, looking at the price drop and the price differences when someone gets excited over a trade um, rather than the actual production that's going to come out of anything from the trade deadline. I think you're just proving yourself as an expert podcaster there, Liam, with an excellent segue to our next segment, which is going to be the dynasty stock market. And we're going to start with the Chiefs backfield. Um, so, yeah, who who is the RB1, shall we say? Um, look, Darrell, Darrell Williams was fantastic on Sunday. So he scored 23.9 fantasy points, which is more points than CH has ever scored in a single game in his career. The last person to score 23.9 points or more as a running back for the Chiefs was Damian Williams back in 2019. <laughs> what do you think? Do you think we're going to start to see CH faded out as, as we move towards him potentially returning from IR in three weeks? Do you think that it's still CEH's backfield to own? Or? I do think we'll see a lot more Daryl um, Williams in that backfield. I don't think that CEH is going to be faded out um, down to what we would probably class as a timeshare. But I do think Williams has proven himself enough to at least put some doubt in uh, Andy Reid's mind over how much usage CH should be getting. Um, the only thing I really want to say on this is I'm upset that uh, Jerry McKinnon is not getting anything there because 
I, I so desperately wanted him to be a thing at some <laughs> point, even if it was uh, were, for a season. I wanted last year. It was great when he was scoring ten points every other every odd week. But yeah, I think for that backfield, Jerick McKinnon is probably not doing anything anymore. Um, you might see an odd game where he scores a touchdown and scores over ten points, but. I think it's definitely CH's backfield when he comes back. We will see uh, Darrell Williams a lot more than we have been seeing him right now. Yeah, I think it's it's an interesting one because I do like Darrell Williams and I think he looks good. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to get this this role when when CH comes back. I do think that. They've invested in CH, and I think they'll continue to use him. But I do wonder, as you said, if Darrell Williams could eat into that usage. And I do think he's he's shown enough that he should certainly be considered and, and kind of kept around um, moving forward. I, I just don't know if he's ever going to be kind of higher in terms of value than he is right now. And to me, that immediately makes me think, may, maybe you give it another week, see if he can do it again this week, and, and then you look to sell because, you know me, I'm always looking to try and sell at, at peak value when it comes to a running back. Yeah, I, I again, totally agree. I don't think you're going to get um, any better value right now than Darrell Williams is currently going for. So if you can sell him and you can afford to le- let him go, I think that's a big thing. We always talk about selling at peak value, but a lot of people mistake that seller peak value for seller or costs. If you're contending and Darrell Williams is helping you contend, keep him. At the end of the day, we're all trying to win a championship. But if you can afford to let Darrell Williams go right now, say he's your running back four, maybe you're running back five, um, you've got no buys coming up in the coming weeks. Why not try and sell him now? And then you could even turn that pick that you sell him for into a longer term asset that will increase in value in the future. I think it's got to, it's got to be a second for me if I'm selling him. I'm not selling him for you know anything less. I think no, yeah, I believe that. I think a second's probably an overpay in terms of his value. So if I can get that second, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that, to be honest. Um, so, yeah. So then the the, the next big riser. Um, so it's Darnell Mooney. Uh, so this is now the third week on the trot that he has out-targeted Alan Robinson. It feels like we talk about the Chicago pass catchers every week. Um <laughs> Are we ready to have the conversation that Darnell Mooney is the wide receiver one in Chicago? No. No, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> that was nice and easy. Moving on. <laughs> we, we, um, we spoke about this on text when we were trying to figure out who to put on the show sheet. I think for the rest of this season, he does have a genuine chance of being the, the top target there. A-Rob may come back, but whether... It's to the full extent of what we believe Alan Robinson to be and what we've seen him be in the past. Um, I'm pro- I'm not sure he will come back and probably overtake Mooney at this point. But I we, we looked in, I believe it was yesterday, we had a look. The Bears have the 11th most cap space next year. We have 
people like Juju Smith-Schuster coming off an injury and a one-year deal. We've got uh, Will Fuller, Chris Godwin's coming um, off a franchise tag and he's still not being extended. Even a Devontae Adams, I mean, that's going to break my heart if he does leave Green Bay, but... Especially and, to go to Chicago. Uh, that, would, that would kill me. I know that Rogers isn't going there because he's already shot that down in a press conference last week or this week, maybe. But um, I don't think Adams would go to Chicago, but it's a very stacked free agents class uh, for the wide receiver position, at least. So although Mooney could have a great role this year, I don't foresee it happening in the future. And we spoke about this again. The draft class next year isn't really bad at the wide receiver position. In fact, it's pretty good and it's pretty deep. Okay, yeah. So I'm not saying that it's going to be like it was this year where we had who's going to go in the first round and there are about five to eight different names. I'm just saying that I wouldn't put it past the Bears organization to use their first or second round pick on a top wide receiver. And that could spell trouble for Mooney and his targets. Yeah. I think that for me, like I, I like Mooney, the player in terms of the fancy asset. I think his ceiling's capped, you know, me and day three wide receivers. I, I just don't believe that the ceiling is there. And, and he's another one that I think, at the moment, he's probably about priced about right, and I think he's a decent value if you can get him for that sort of second-round price range. But I do wonder if he's a sneaky buy now with a view to selling him early in the off-season because I do think that people are still valuing him as the wide receiver too. People are thinking that Alan Robinson is worth more from a dynasty perspective than Dino Mooney. Okay? If you can go and buy Dino Mooney for a second-round pick now, the hype will happen around February, March time, okay? Just before free agency hits, people will get excited that Darnell Mooney is the wide receiver one in Chicago. Alan Robinson's probably going to move on and go elsewhere. And people will start talking about Darnell Mooney's going to have a 25% target share. He's a must-buy. He's going to break out. He's going to be a superstar. And that's the point at which you then sell Darnell Mooney. Because I, I do tend to agree with you. I think that there is going to be competition in this offence. I think people are going to be excited about this offence. People are going to talk up Darnell Mooney because Justin Fields is the quarterback. What could he be? And I think that that's your opportunity to sell. And then the, the big fallers of the week. So the first one, um, put your fingers in your ears, Murph, if you're listening, but it's Robin <laughs> Okay. I, I just don't know what to make of it. You know, we talk, I talked about this in the WhatsApp group last week. The targets are there. The air yards are there. Everything is there. The red zone targets are there. And, and he's just not catching the ball. We saw him have, I think it was 11 targets. He only came down with three of them for 11 yards on Sunday. His catch rate so far this year is 38%. You know, yes, I get he's getting some deep shots, but that should be at like 60, 70%. It is absolutely mental. Now, his catchable targets is in terms of the percentage of balls that are catchable is quite low, but it should still be higher. I mean, I can't work out if it's watching watching the games. I can't work out if this is a him thing. I can't work out if this is a Sam Darnold thing. I want to believe that the peripherals are there to say that Robbie Anderson could break out and could be a stud for the second half of the year. 
But I, I'm, I'm just waiting for it because those catch rate numbers and watching him on Sunday and he couldn't catch anything, it feels like it's properly in his head at the moment. I mean, what do you think, Lynn? It For me, it really depends on what that catchable target percentage is. If it's still north of, I'll say, 70-80%, I would say it's probably more on Robbie Anderson and it's probably in his head at this point, as you said, it's probably more of a mental thing than ability. We saw him last year catch a, a lot of balls. I think it was definitely over 100 targets. Whereas if it's lower than that, I really do struggle with the with what he's going to be in the future because if his catch rate is 38%, as you said, that's abysmal. I, I really don't see... A path back this year, maybe in the future, but I I really struggle with him this year. Yeah, it's 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 just strange, and I can't, as I said, I can't work out what it is watching the game. They they just seem like they're on different pages. It seems like it's in his head. I, I want to say he's a he's a great buy low because I do think that the targets and the A odds are there, which to me says he's underperforming. But I am a little bit concerned that the reason he's underperforming is is a serious thing, and and he might not bounce back. But but who knows? But the uh, the other big fooler. <clears throat> this is one of my most disliked running backs, shall we say? Um, so I'm pleased to add him on here. So it's Devin Singletree. Um, basically, the, the, he's just not getting used, is he? This is this is 100. Zach Moss's uh, backfield. Uh, so his currently snap share is around 25% over the past few weeks. Um, so, so what are we doing with Devin Zimitri? Is, is he at the point at which, you know, you're, you're basically giving him away? Would you cut him? I don't think I'd cut him. I think he'd still just hold value. But I don't know what that value is right now. I think people see the name and still associate the pre, like the, the pre-season kind of not hype, but the preseason value to him. I still don't think people have really put the name and the production together. When I looked earlier, he's, as you said, his snap percentage is around 25% over the past few weeks. The only way he's scoring anywhere near 10 points, which is like a threshold I tend to use as a in, in PPR at least, any, any time he scored around that, around 10 points, is when he's catching like th- over three targets. That, that's the only time that he's ever getting close to it or he's scoring a touchdown. So for me, I think if I can get him, get someone who's looking at trying to, or, or not putting the, the name and the production together, then I'd probably sell right now, maybe two thirds. I'd be getting out from under him. Right now, I, I, as you said, I think Zach Moss, it's Zach Moss's backfield for the yardage and then Josh Allen's taking touchdowns where he can and then Moss is taking the other ones. I don't think there's much there for Singletary. Yeah, I want no part of him. I'm, I'll, give, me, give me a third, give me a fourth. I'm, I'm just off. And I'm, I'm a guy that says I want every part of every running back, but I just don't think the usage is ever going to be there in this offence, even if... You know, we saw a Zach Moss injury. I don't know if uh, if if he's ever going to be kind of truly fancy relevant and be kind of a starter for you long term. Um, so the players of the week, then Liam, 
So this is my opportunity to uh, to brag about one of my guys again, Rashad Bateman. Now, it, it, I, I get your, your look. You're thinking stars of the week. Um, he's, he's not really been a star, but I think if you look at the underlying stats, I think he really was. The, he the sigh and me shaking my head with nothing to do with the stars of the week and you put him on, putting him on here, it was purely the fact that you just called him your guy after oh. the past two to three weeks, I've been hyped about him coming back from IR. I've got yeah. him in so many leagues and people have tried to buy him off me for cheap. And I've said, if you're not paying what you got, what you were paying for him at the point of draft, after someone had drafted him, you are not getting him from me. And the fact that you just called him your boy right in front of me there, that, that's why I'm <laughs> sighing. I only did it to wide you up, Luke, because I feel like he's a podcast guy, but I want to claim him mind before he breaks out. I I was really impressed. I think he is the real deal. Um, I thought I was so excited about him coming out. I was so excited about him once he got drafted. Yes, the landing spot wasn't ideal, but I really thought he could could be a stud in this offence. And on Sunday, I thought he looked fantastic. You know, he's not back to 100%. You can see he's not, you know, he's not running at that ninety percent snap rate. He's, he's not being used all over the field. But I do think that he, I think he could be a league winner for people down the stretch. I, I, I hate to say it, but I think we could see a Justin Jefferson light. I said light, kind of second half <laughs> of the season here. Um, so he had a twenty-two point two percent target share. He had a six point seven A dot. Um, I'd like to see that sneak up close to ten if I'm being honest, but I, I really, really was impressed in terms of his route running ability. He ran a slant, which, I, I, you know, I appreciate it's not a, not a particularly sexy route. We're not talking about any of these double moves, but his ability, his size to create separation, even on those simple routes, um, I think is going to enable him to win all over the field. And I'm, I'm very, very hyped about him moving forward. As you put on the show sheet, buy now whilst you can. Um, I don't think he's value right now matches um what his potential upside is um i'm not saying you you buy everyone at potent at the the top end upside but i do think richard bateman's average over the next couple of years in in terms of value is currently higher yeah he's currently higher than what his current value is so if i can get bateman i will but what are you paying for him, Rich? Because I know people that are very high on Bateman like me. Uh, so know that people didn't want to touch him after the draft and probably after the stint on IR, they probably won't want to touch him still. Um, but speaking about route running as well, you said that um, he wasn't running many of those double routes, those sexy routes. And yes, while that is true for the game, we saw him in the preseason absolutely destroy Marlon Humphrey. And that's no easy feat. Um, I mean, yes, it was no pads and preseason, so Humphrey may not have been taking it fully, but he was Humphrey was still fully agitated that he got beat by this rookie. I just yeah, I think- that that sort of stuff hypes me up for him. And yes, maybe I'm buying into the hype a little bit, but if I can get him for anywhere around a first, I'm probably taking that. What are you oh, thinking? Yeah, I think, yeah, if I can pay a, 
you know, yes, I don't want to be paying a, a you know a, a top six pick probably for him. Um, but to give you an idea, he's he's my wide receiver twenty six. Um, so I've got him ranked ahead of guys like Robert Woods, Mike Williams, Julio Jones, Juju Smith-Schuster, Michael Thomas, Alan Robinson, Alan Thielen, Odell Beckham. So if I can move off any of those guys to go and get Rashad Bateman, um, I'm absolutely doing that. I'm I'm really excited about him long term. I'm really excited about what he could be. Um, and I think that look, if he if he'd have been drafted by 31 other NFL teams, his value would have been probably a, a mid first. I think he, he'd have been. I think he'd have been the wide receiver too. Maybe, maybe twenty nine of the teams. Let's take the Texans and the Lions out of that. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But I think that look, he he is the real deal, and I am super excited about him. And I think that because people still don't think he can be a fantasy stud in Baltimore. I think the value is still cheap. You know, we've seen Marquise Brown having this incredible stretch of what are we now eleven games or something like that. If you go back to the end of last season, and I think that we're seeing Lamar has improved as a passer, and, and people haven't quite caught up and, and kind of got on board with that. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very keen to, as I said, go and buy him now while you can. So Liam, who's your your player of the week? So I went for Khalil Herbert here now. His stat line is what drew me to him. I had a quick look at some tape and I did really like the running that I saw from him. So for those that haven't seen his stat line, he went for 19 rushing attempts for 97 yards and a touchdown. So only three yards off that magic 100 um, milestone there. And then he also had three targets, two receptions and 15 yards on those. Yes, he had about an 80, 85% um snap share so he was basically the only running back on the field at any one point there was no david montgomery who's on ir and damian williams was also on the covid ir but i still think that for someone that the bears got i believe it was in the seventh round sixth seventh round one of yeah um he did really well and if he's your running back three on on a uh on a NFL organization, you're looking pretty well, uh, pretty good at that point. Um, the yeah, I, concern I, really that I have, the big concern that I have is he did it against Green Bay. And you know what? I, I Although I am a homer, I will always admit I'm a homer. I do know what the Green Bay run defense is like. It is not a very good run defense. Um, so he's got a real test next week against um, Tampa Bay. It'll be an interesting switch next year because, or next week, sorry, because nobody even tries to run against Tampa Bay these days. You know, people go super pass happy. And I think that we'll now get to see what he can do as a receiver. So it'll be an interesting kind of two week stretch for him. Um, so the deep dive player of the week, Liam. So I've, you know, in, in true spirit, I've, I've dug a little bit deeper. I found someone <laughs> that was talking about. You know, that's the, the whole essence of this this segment, which you never seem to quite get your head around. Um, but I'm going with Cole Komet here. Um, so again, we talked about those sexy names. We talked about tight ends, and he was one of these that people were pegging as a potential breakout in the off season, and everyone seems to have forgotten about him. Um, but I'll be honest, I've, I've been really impressed. Um, I think he looks great. I think he he is a 
you know, going to be a solid NFL tight end. Um, and the stats are there. So he, he had a 10, 20% target share on Sunday, uh, which is he's at 16% on the season. Um, he's participating in 72% of routes so far this year. And 40% of his routes have come from the slot. So this is a guy that's getting moved all over the field. I think, you know, we talked about the Chicago offense hopefully taking a step forward as Justin Fields starts to get his kind of feet under him and starts to develop in this offense. And I think that he could potentially be able to steal Colcomet away now whilst everybody thinks he's trash. And this could be, you know, next year and beyond the guy that, again, I don't think he's ever going to be a, you know, an elite top five tight end, but he could easily be a, a streamable option for you if you're going with a kind of two, three tight end strategy. Um, that I, I, I kind of quite like him, and I think he's basically free at the moment. I, I like the price. If you can get him for a third, then sure, why not take the punt on a tight end for a third? My biggest concern is the tight end position in general. I'm just not a fan uh, of the whole position from from the point of a value stance um i do think that you can literally put anyone in your tight end spot and have a good chance at them having a top 16 week um as, as you said that the stats are there and while fields develops maybe those stats do turn into production but again i see a wide receiver coming into that offense next year which will take something something away whether it is going to be significant enough to see a drop from that 20 percent target share i don't know but again i just i just think that commit really is one of those players like a troutman that i was thinking about before the pod actually where they were really talked up in the preseason, and they were like i i, I couldn't even sell them um for more than a second people are offering me seconds and i said no stupidly i have no idea why but um now if you got offered anywhere near two-thirds i would assume people are taking that so we do it every year we hype up you know 10 to 15 of these breakout tight ends that they're going to break out and every year one or two do and then because those one or two break out everybody points to the 10 or 15 next year and goes look you know, we, we've seen Dalton Schultz, he's turned into a stud. So why why can't it be Adam Troutman next year? And everyone falls into the trap and like, I'm, I'm probably doing the exact same thing and highlighting <laughs> Cole Komet. But I'm gonna I'm gonna keep talking about tight ends, Liam, and, and hope that eventually you will uh, finally come round to my way of thinking. Um and then the, the final uh, kind of player based segment for the week. So we've got the Dynasty Spotlight. Um now I text you and said, I want to talk about Josh Jacobs. And your response was, why? <laughs> so, so let me tell you, Liam, okay? Um, I'm really concerned about Josh Jacobs. I think that this could well be the the kind of sell low in terms of, I think his price is about to plummet. Um, I think that people are already kind of off Josh Jacobs. I think that people kind of got excited about him over the last two years, but people are realising he's just a bit of a, a volume-based RB2, you know, those those players that I hate. So he saw a 65% opportunity share this week, okay? Of that, he got one target in the passing game. He's averaging one target in the passing game this year. You know, we to keep talking about maybe he might get used in the passing game. It's just, frankly, it's not going to happen. Um, he has got the second highest touchdown rate 
of any running back that's had over 20 carries so far this year. He is at 7.4%. He's averaging a touchdown a game. Okay. If I think if you can try and sell Josh Jacobs on the fact that he's producing, you know, he's 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 putting up decent numbers when he's there. He's he's a reliable plug and play option. You know what you're getting. Um, I think you've got to do it because I, I just think that the bottom's about to fall out of this. You've, you've seen Kenyon Drake's flash. I think Kenyon Drake looks more explosive than he does. I just think that basically the only thing he's got going for him is the volume that he sees and the fact that he scores touchdowns. And I think that both of those could disappear. So for me, if if I'd probably want a first, it, it would probably need to be a late first, I guess, from a contender. They're the only guys that are going to be wanting to buy Josh Jacobs. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely looking to sell him. What do you think, Lou? Sold. You, you've sold me. <laughs> um, maybe that was a bit theatrical because I did have a look at uh, his stats before uh, before the pod. So the reason I text you why is I have him in one of my leagues and he scored pretty well for me this week. So I was like, why do you want to sell him? Um, he, he's been pretty, pretty average is the best way to put it. He's, he's not doing badly, but he's also not doing great. So I was a bit confused. And then when you said this, I then decided to have a quick look. And I mean, very quick, let's just look at his snaps. And let's see his, his, his carries and stuff like that. And I know that Drake had had a good week this week, but I didn't realise how bad it was for Josh Jacobs this week. Um, I kind of expected normal uh, usage, and I mean normal as in what we kind of saw last season. Whereas, yeah, I, I think if you can get a first for him, I'm selling him. I'm probably going to sell him in that league, hopefully before any of them listen to this podcast. Well, I've been I've been trying to sell him uh, for the last week in uh, my one share of him. So uh, if you if you're in that league and you're listening. Um, He's, he's a must-buy. He needs to come pay me two first. <laughs> uh, so, Lim, the, the mailbag, have we got a listener question? So we do, and this one is from our very own Paul from the Dynasty Listener League. Um, he does his own little blog as well. So um, if you want to go check that out, that is at ppickham13, uh, I believe is his Twitter handle. Um, yeah. So I may, I may be making a guest appearance on that this week. So uh, definitely have a look. There you go. Ooh. Little, little sneak tease for you. Plug. And another shameless brag there from Rich. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to title this episode uh, "Shameless Brags from Rich" all the way through. Isn't that just the Isn't that just the title of the podcast? I thought that was the only reason why we did this, so I could brag. So the question is what is your current value of Najee Harris in terms of startups? So projecting his current value into next year's startups, where would you take it? Okay. Rich? All right. That's so I, 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 I'll be honest. I prep for this question based on uh, value right now. So, uh, so I might have to do some thinking on the fly um, in terms of value right now. So he's my RB seven um, in terms of rough value. I value him around kind of two random firsts. The guys I've currently got ahead of him are Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara. Um, so in terms of startup value, okay, so in Superflex, I'm, I'm probably taking in middle of the second. 
um, mainly because I'm not touching anyone but quarterback in the first round. Um, so I probably would still have Jonathan Taylor, John Joe Swift, definitely. And then depending on how the rest of the season plays out, probably Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey still ahead of him. Okay. Um, I'd also probably throw in those, you know, five young receivers ahead of him. So we're talking Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, Jamar Chase, AJ Brown and DK Metcalf. And then I'd have to have a think about Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams again, how they how they look out the rest of the season. So I guess to sum up, in a one QB league, I'm probably looking at him back end of the first, early second. I'm thinking he'd probably be the fourth or fifth running back. And I'd probably take five receivers ahead of him. So yeah, so probably around that 11, 12 pick. And in Superflex, I'm looking middle of the second. What what about you, Lynn? Yeah, I'm I'm very similar. So I've got him in a kind of a fluid tier. I don't think I have any like any preference of him. Um, DeAndre Swift. These are probably behind Christian McCaffrey and Barkley at the moment. Um, but then, um, and I suppose throw Jonathan Taylor into that top three. But then after that, there's probably a tier of four. So that. DeAndre Swift, um, Najee Harris. Why can't I can't think of the other two names off the top of my head? I know it's definitely four, but it's kind of fluid for me. There's no real I want it in this order, um, and I, I think that's my kind of issue with him right now. Is I think he's definitely a running back one, and as you said in superflex leagues next year, I'm looking at quarterback in the first round, regardless of where I'm picking. Unfortunately, I think that's where Superflex are going and um, the days of getting quarterbacks pretty cheaply uh, in comparison to what you'd have to pay outside of the draft. Um, That's quickly evaporating after the past two seasons. But specifically for Najee, I I really struggle with where to put him because this season and last season have really proven that running backs will get injured and I'm slowly starting to put wide receivers in that kind of mixed bag tier um, rather than just having solid, let's take six running backs before we even look at wide receiver like we probably did this year. Yeah, I think for me, I'm, you know, I've always tried to build my teams around quarterbacks and wide receivers and it's certainly the way I'm doing. I'm, I'm probably... You know, time will tell how values settle down once we get towards kind of the you know startup season next year. But I wouldn't be shocked if in superflex draft I'm going, you know, quarterback two or three in the first sort of five or six rounds. If I'm then going hammering wide receiver and I don't even look at running back until like round seven eight, and then I'll do my usual thing and take fifteen running backs and just hope that a couple pop or or I can get some you know make do with Damian Williams and Darrell Williams and people like that and then just smash them in the, the rookie draft. Um I just I'm always concerned about building around running backs in Dynasty. Um and I think Najee Harris is another one because yes, whilst he looks great and he's producing and a huge amount of that is based on the fact he's getting a lot of receiving work. What who who's going to be the quarterback there next year? What happens if, you know, we see a completely different quarterback come in? Um, who, who knows what that offense is going to look like? To be honest, I, I just don't know if you know if we see a 
mobile quarterback that doesn't check down to the running back, does that mean Najee Harris's value kind of evaporates because he doesn't get any of those targets? Who, who knows? Yeah, uh, I think with Najee, I don't. The, the good thing about him is I don't foresee the Steelers taking anyone significant to share that time with him. That they're not known as a timeshare offense. We we know that they really do enjoy having that uh, workhorse back. Um, so with that in mind, I do have him ranked pretty highly in my running back uh, rankings. Yeah, um, a little bit of breaking news, Rich, that isn't going to affect anything at all. Uh, I just wanted to bring it up to see your reaction, but Lev Bell has been promoted to the 53-man roster. Doesn't matter. Like, so, like <laughs> He's been promoted. He's he's played twice this season, and they're only promoting him now. It's like, he, he, They're running out of options. They need to promote him. There's no one else they can do. You know, Next, next guy up is the janitor. So... You know, why, why not promote that bell? Next guy up is Marlon Mack, mate. <laughs> yeah, okay. You keep telling me about Marlon Mack. And uh, yeah, well, on, on that, we'll uh, we'll finish the pod. <laughs> let, let Liam go off dreaming about Marlon Mack shares that are going to suddenly become super relevant when he lands on the Ravens. Um, don't forget, guys, check out manscaped.com. You can use the code 5YARD for that 20% off. Um, and also... Please listen, watch live, tune in for the uh, the DF show on DF show, DFS show on Thursday, or as Nick calls it, the Daily Fancy Sports Show. Um, <laughs> we'll be re- revealing the password in order to enter that fantastic contest. Um, and yeah, thank you very much. Hope you all had a great week, as uh, as successful as some of us. And uh, we will see you again next week. to sexual health just as much as physical and mental health we want to make it easier for folks to find resources however they engage with us there's no wrong door so it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming talking about what their sex life is about their concerns and to make sure they're healthy do it for them do it for you montgomery county your sexual health matters visit doitforyoumc.org Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.